With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Twelve to one every weekday during Rugby World Cup 2023. This is the Rugby World Cup Headline Hour on Afternoons with Staffy. I'm going to miss that jingle and I'm going to miss all the stories that come out of the Rugby World Cup. We'll probably have, well, we will have one tomorrow. Got a special one for you tomorrow. Uh, Probably have a wrap-up one on Monday. And it's back to business as usual. But uh, the stories will be long and strong. First up, we're going to hear from a couple of Springbok hookers. Uh, Skulk Brits, who played in the last Rugby World Cup, and John Schmidt, former Springboks captain and World Cup winner himself. First of all, Skulk Brits was asked, did he think complacency played a part in South Africa being off the pace in their semi-final against England? No, I, I would definitely not say complacency. It was a combination of playing, starting off with the pool games, you take Ireland, you take Scotland, you take Tonga, then you've got France. And the way we play is quite direct. We We don't... We don't have fancy plays. We try to out-more, out-scrum and out-strategize from a kicking perspective. The teams in England came with a, I wouldn't say superior game plan, but I would say a team better, more... Be, better executed plan in, yes. the, in the way they are. England were good, though. We've got to yeah, give them a They were very good. And, and, and they were leading until 78 minutes or something. Yeah. 79 minutes, 78. Uh, yeah. We started leading the game with two minutes and 20 seconds left on the clock. And from that perspective, look... Everybody's got an off day every now and then. And we made a lot of unforced errors that put a lot of pressure on us. But from, from that perspective, playing that badly, or give credit to England to, to disrupt us in certain set phases to come back from there, it shows a lot of character of the Springbok squad. And of course, both these South African hookers both played uh, World Cup finals. So John Smith first, then uh, Skulk Brits. How different is Grand Final Week from the rest of the tournament? Final week is very di- different to any other week. I mean, the, the, the thing that stood out for us is the first press conference. There was probably <coughs> 150 to 200 more cameras from all over the world, and then you sort of get there and you realise, okay, this is a little bit different. So the difficulty with the, with the final week is that it's Everyone wants to come and watch the game. Everyone's looking for tickets. You're trying to get your missus there. You're trying to get your kids there. There's more press. There's much more hype. But you've got to still stay in the moment and, and do what you've been doing for the last four years to win that game. So the hype is is a big thing. Yeah. Um, but, but it's a special but as, as a captain, you'll feel it as a captain, but do the players feel that? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Absolutely. It was... Uh, there's a lot of like tension. So how you manage yourself emotionally is quite quite important, and also the, how you talk and and a lot of that gets worked out from the coaching staff. Coaching staff are calm. The captain's calm. Then there's a bit more calm. Um, but you know it's a difficult thing to control. The cool thing is that this team has been there four years ago. Yeah, hundred percent. That's what I said. Look at the other side. Technically, on the on the final day, we've got one day less to prepare than New Zealand. The, the, uh, in Japan, we only trained two days, and it was quite. It was like a captain's run every day. 
Yes. Was it chilled? Yeah, it was very chilled. So we, we, we had one day less to prepare. We, I think we played on a Sunday and it was only, we had only two training sessions and it was, we knew the team. We knew how to strategize against England. And from that perspective, it was quite, quite relaxed. And it was weird because the expectation was from, from the media and everyone that England's going to easily win the final. Yeah. Mm. So th that took sort of pressure off us. Jock and Rossi was phenomenal in taking the, the focus to them and not to us and saying how good uh, England was against New Zealand and they are the favourites. And f for us, it was just a, just a game, not just the game, but the, the angle that Rossi took in the final week and leading up to the final was, it wasn't about winning the World Cup, but it wasn't about winning this match. It was about giving hope to South Africa. And I think that message will still reminisce with the, so with the same squad. So purpose around the, the, the game? and Yeah, and the purpose is is to give hope in South Africa, to show that we've got so a di diversity of of players, of religion, of background, of colour, that, that this isn't about a rugby match. It's about giving hope. And if you play for a bigger cause, then it's you don't think about the hurts and the tiredness. You think about the people back home. What it means back home. Yeah. And, of course, in that semi-final, uh, Mani Leboc, he was hooked early. About the 30-minute mark I was, and Andre Pollard come on. Uh, both gentlemen were asked about what effect does that have? The, the big thing that Rossi talks with in the squad a lot, and sorry to ref back to refer to that, is entitlement. And he said, listen, boys, put your ego in your pocket. I'm going to, we, the coaching squad, him and Jock and everyone involved, is they going to do what's best for the squad and not, not as particular individual. And yes, it's not great for Marnie's sake that Marnie got taken off that early on. But there was a cause behind it. If you take Eben, he's played 115 test matches. He went put, off. Oh, Sia went off. Sia went Dwayne off. went off. And I must say, once again, with the way Rassi's built into this World Cup, he's given, he's grown depth within the squad. And everyone knows their particular role within the bomb squad when they come on, what is their particular task and the the boys literally that bomb squad changed the outcome of that result on that topic though yeah you got to give kudos to that coaching staff that's big kahanas. yeah big kahanas to bring up but take your captain off take, make a big change at 10 take Evan off who was your 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 game changer yeah, last week with a try mm. they've got kahanas these these guys it's, it's incredible you got to you got to pay homage to that because they do they trust the squad they yeah. trust the players and they and they let the players, they give the players an opportunity to make those changes. Last week, Yevon scores the try. This week, Erhia scores the try. You know? Yeah, it's just. It's, Stemmen's been good. He has been good. Yeah, you know, he he gives me anxiety when it's raining and he continues to go with the one hand, but he gets it right. Yeah, he made no mistakes last week. Uh, both of them too were asked to get out their crystal balls and think about what changes do they think that the All Blacks will make. I don't think they'll make many changes. I think they're pretty, at, I would say they're at their best in the team that they picked against Argentina. Um, that Talea. It was, it was um, that semi final, was, it was flat. It was, yeah. Game of Shadow. Well, well, yeah. No, no, the, 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 no our, look, obviously we've got a vested interest in our semi final. Yeah. So emotionally, you attack. Tell you one thing, their yeah. semi final, one. without a doubt, is, it, it helps them in their final. There was, you know, there wasn't half the amount of intensity you think and, and physicality. Well, absolutely. There's, if, just take the body, yeah, and what they went through for eighty minutes against Argentina versus what our guys went through for eighty minutes, and we got a day shorter 
without a doubt, they'll they'll be they'll definitely rock up far more physically restored and they know what to expect. Absolutely. Look, finals are finals, so everyone's going to go there. You don't, as a captain, you don't have to motivate. Everyone's mm. in the right space, but we, our guys, rely on a physical intensity that needs to go for 80 minutes, and that will be the challenge, I think, for South Africa. Talking about changes, mm. I, I couldn't understand why Ritalik was playing off the bench, but he, he made a massive impact. Ritalik is, for me, one of the best yeah, players. Is. He, he brings a different dimension to New Zealand. He, he'll come in, I'm sure. And, and it's, it's funny enough, they... So you reckon what, Ritalik to start with Barrett and then White Lock on the bench? Mm. Barrett's been unbelievable. Yeah. Barrett's been unbelievable. Look, they got a yellow card and they kept them off. They, they actually played, they finished the game with 14. Yeah. They actually the, extended yellow. The, the reason why I red. think is, uh, I think they may be stealing what we've done or saw what we've done with Archia. Yeah. And in and, and the first 50, 60 minutes, the game is normally tight. Archia brings in a different dimension to our our game when he's on. He he looks for the offloads, he runs great lines, and Retellick can fulfill that role as well. Um, but to John's point, on the flip side, yes, they had the only game they were really tested for me was France, and they were tested in Ireland, and they showed a great defensive patience. Mm. But uh, I would rather go through harder games, be tested, and then go, okay, fine. Because the final feels for me it's a lot about a mental attitude going into this. We know we've been under the pump many a times when we came through on the other side. So we shall see. Skulk Brits, of course, played in the final in 2019 uh, for South Africa. He was asked if he could think back and tell us about Rassi's team talk before the team ran out for that final. It was, the chat was about the bigger cause, about winning the game. It wasn't about winning the World Cup. It is about what the Springboks and South African rugby means to the South African public. Mm. And so that changed the viewpoint. It took the pressure off the particular yeah, game it, yeah. and it just focused on the effort levels and physicality of the team. Because that's what you think, you will drop a ball, you will throw it in skew, but you don't have the luxury when you're tired to think about, oh, I'm tired or I'm sore. You think back, back to the people in South Africa that don't have food, don't have electricity, people yeah. that's going through hardship, people dying. That was the chat focusing on South Africans struggling at home. You don't have that luxury to feel sorry for yourself. Get your ass up, get back in the line and tackle the living crap out of anyone in front of you. Yeah. And so that that was a great speech and not that Rusty tried to motivate because you don't really have to motivate yeah, it's anyone. Of fun. But he was, the focus was take your, if you feel down or whatever you are down, mm. you can't have that luxury to feel pity for yourself. Get up and kick the living crap out of the guy in front of you. <laughs> not literally, figuratively. Figuratively. Hey, John Schmidt. Uh, Josh Schmidt and Skulk Brits, they were asked, both of them, what style do they pick for this final? Let's. Just for one second, focus on New Zealand. When it is hard to play against New Zealand is when they've got scoreboard pressure on you. Yeah. So we need to start strong. We haven't. Not once. Yeah, that's the thing. That's what, that's what I'm alluding that, to. That's, what I'm, that's my biggest fear for the game. When we put New Zealand under the, the pump from the word go and the way we defend, we want teams to start running against us. We saw against 
England, they kicked, and the French side as well, they kicked a lot into now uh, sort of rush defence around a lot. So from our perspective, or our perspective, I guess, as pretty much we wanted a strong start, build the innings, and then we bring the bomb, bomb squad. We, we want to stay in front on the scoreboard. Ah, oh, yes, interesting times, isn't it? John Schmidt, uh, of course, lifted the World Cup. Um, he was asked, take us back there. What was it like? You know, the first thing that went through my mind when the final whistle blew, and I'll never forget, Alan Roland reft us, and um, as he blew the whistle, it was relief. Like, I was, I was more relieved than anything else. You know, we actually, we, we, never, we never understood the impact of what, what, what was going to happen or what is happening at home. And... And so you work four years and you get to this moment and, you know, it can all be for nothing. You come second, it's, it's gone forever. Mm-hmm. So the first thing was relief. And then obviously it was, it was, just, it was just so lacking to be able to, to seal it off, seal four, a four-year journey off with a trophy. But, but we, we didn't un- under, understand the impact of what was going on back home. When, those, when you get to the airport, the thousands of people... And I, sometimes I think I wonder you know, how much more pressure we would have felt if we just knew how desperate our people were. back home, yeah. We're back home for us to win. Um, and that, that, that was one of the things that stood out for me. Um, and that was, I think, one of the things that, that this team of 2019 really harnessed. They, they made a big thing about what was going on back home and, and how much the people needed a team like the Springboks to, to give them hope again. And um, that's, that, that was key difference we we didn't know we didn't understand and it was a shock to see the impact of that 2007 when on on an entire country they're running thousands behind a bus for three days you know non-stop it's just yeah. it's unbelievable to see the passion of south africans about this team and it, it borderline psychotic <laughs> <laughs> but it is amazing it's amazing what the springbok team can do to take away people's gripes yeah. in life, their challenges. And for that 80 minutes and the three or four hours or the day afterwards, they're world champions. And it doesn't matter if they've got load shedding or if there's no water or if there's anything going on in their lives, they're world champions. And I think that's the most powerful thing about this team. They really are a team that play for their people, aren't they? It's it's spine-tingling stuff. Uh, Skulk Brits, of course, won in 2019. He was asked how they celebrated that win. It wasn't a relief factor, but it was almost like we've done it again. Um, 12 years later, after John, yeah. or the 07 squad. And back at the hotel, it was just, we all just stayed there and celebrated <coughs> with uh, the wives, the kids, the close friends, and I think I'd, we, we would have a similar experience as John, as we didn't know the impact, but when we got to South Africa, oh my goodness, that was when it hit home and hit home hard. Yeah. And, and like Nelson Mandela said, sport can change the world more than any, well, I don't want to be disrespectful to other people, but <laughs> more than anything else, it can bring communities together. And we had a seven-day trip around South Africa and for, for me, it was going to places where I would not put my foot today, yeah. running around, celebrating. And I felt love yeah. towards myself, the team, the spring box. And look, um, it was life-changing. And yeah. I will always remember that. Yeah. 
Last clip from John Schmidt, Skogbritz. Their thoughts on the All Blacks and the rivalry with the Springboks. They've got unbelievable players. Yeah. They, they really do. They've got, they've got X Factor and they've now got a, a squad that seems to be quite galvanised and have got themselves some nice World Cup momentum yeah. and, and sitting pretty, after a reasonably easy semi-final, sitting pretty, I guess, licking their lips to have a crack at the box. Yeah. One thing that's gone, um, Sam Whitelock, how many trophies does he have? We try to ask so him he's to the, he, He's got, Two got the potential to be the first guy to win three World Cups. Yeah. That's pretty special, though. And how many test matches? 150 or? 150. But how, two, how many? Three. Probably four, five Super Rugby trophies. How many rugby championships? So that already takes it to about 10 trophies. Yeah. And the coolest thing is, like, the humblest guy. Yeah, that's the, the thing. Guy. It's just gone by slowly in this World Cup. I mean, most cap all back. Um, trophies and he could be first one to three World Cups. Yeah. I mean, respectfully, I hope he's not. Let's talk about the rivalry between us and New Zealand. I mean, yeah. for us in the South, Barney, it's, 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 it is, uh, you know, it, it's, it, it is, we consider it the greatest rivalry. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think this is the, the World Cup final that both both sets of fans would have would have always prayed for. And so they are, they are, we are getting a final that, that we always wanted against our old foe, the All Blacks. Why? Why do we talk about this clash more than we talk about any other clash? Because of the respect between the two countries and, and because the All Blacks are the one team that beat us more than any other team. That's yeah. the reality. And they bring out the best in us. They test us the most. And they're the team we want to beat the most. And they also love the game as much as we love the game. Their passion for it supersedes any form of common sense, just yeah. like us. First time we're going to meet in a final since '95, so it's um, ex very exciting. And and the thing is, um, I think what going back to style of rugby, people love the All Blacks for the style of rugby they play. I think we went to phases in our history where we tried to play like the Aussies, we tried to play like New Zealand, but we went back to the South African way. We don't want to play like them. We want to play like us. Yeah. And we and that's what is our DNA is scrum, more, kick, and when the opportunity brings and you play to our strength. We've got now a back three that's extremely exciting. That can move the ball. We've got exciting young ten that that like Marnie that can change the flow of the game. But yet we've got Hundra that can kick the points, make sure that we defensively tackle anything that comes in the channel. So it is, it, it, I, I just can't wait to play New Zealand in a final and let's go for us. Potentially we'll be saying on Sunday afternoon, Monday, greatest Rugby World Cup final of all time. It's got all of the ingredients, hasn't it? It really has. Uh, quick break, we'll come back with some texts. Twelve to one every weekday during Rugby World Cup 2023. This is the Rugby World Cup Headline Hour on Afternoons with Staffy. We're staying with the South African theme. We're going to hear from Quagga Smith and Willie LaRue. Uh, both, well, they're utilities because they can play anywhere. I'm a big fan of Quagga Smith. I think he's just brilliant. Uh, first voice we'll hear is his, and he was asked if there's a different feeling in the build-up to the final than there was in the final he was involved in in 2019. Yeah, I think if you look at it, I think there were a lot of expectations from other people that we won't make to pass the quarterfinals. So I think um, for us being in a final was obviously special. 
Um, but fighting through the, the quarterfinal and the semi-final was also special for us. But I think this is the one that, that's important. Um, it's going to be a big match on Saturday, and we're really looking forward to that. Next up, Willie LaRue. Uh, it was put to him that uh, they'd had two big, emotional, high games. How do you pick yourself up once again? Yeah, I think the emotion for the last two weeks was uh, was pretty high. Uh, my friends and everyone sends me messages after the games and their heart rate is 200. So the emotion is very high all over the world and for us as well. But I think when uh, when we step off the field, uh, when you go to bed that night and you wake up the next morning, it's next job. Um, then you start all over. It's a new process. Um, like this week, it's a, it's a World Cup final week. Um, so yeah, everyone's just switch on for that. So that eye is gone now. It's now just focus on one job. And of course, the Springboks put us away quite comfortably in Twickenham pre-tournament. Uh, Quagga was asked, how much encouragement do they take from that performance? Yeah, I think if you, if you look at both the games that we played this year against each other, um, I think the one in New Zealand, they really played well. And the one at Twickenham, they got a red card, so they were down to 14 men at a stage. So we know like each team has, team has played well against the other team, but this weekend is the one that counts. I think this is the, the most important one out of the city this year. So we're really looking forward, and we know it's going to be an epic battle. Up front, also for us as forwards, it's going to be physical. Um, but yeah, we're excited for it, and it's a great challenge. Of course, the very physical side, Quagga also asked how much he relishes the physical battle against the men in black. Yeah, um, for me, I've been playing against the All Blacks in all forms. I mean, I played under-20s against them when Artie played for them, and then I played sevens against them, and now 15s also. So for me, it's I think, like we said, there's a lot of respect between each other, and we know we're going to bring out the best in each other. So for me, playing against the All Blacks is just a, just an honour, and I know it's going to be physical, but it, it gets me also, it gets me up, and I'm excited for that. And of course, the Springboks have become one of the most feared opponents. So Willie LaRue was asked, who's been the architect of building what is now an incredibly formidable team? Yeah, I think 2018 and Rossi and Jock and them started taking over. Um, we started winning, going back to our strengths, um, see what we as South Africa is good at in rugby, um, set piece, kicking game, we just went with that. And then we were evolving from there on up until now. So. It's just always about getting better. Um, and, uh, yeah, we've been through a, a lot of tough games, a few games that has tested us. Um, but as a strong squad, not only the 23 that's playing, but the, the other 10 guys that's training against you, giving you pictures the whole week. And then the staff and everyone else, and no one else even sees how everyone in just squad just buys in to the same plan and for that same goal. Yeah, that, that, that's quite special. Next, we're going to hear from Felix Jones. He's an Irishman that uh, played for Munster. He's been with the Springboks uh, four to five years, uh, I think it is. He was asked, New Zealand have been improving. What areas has he noticed that they've improved in recent times? Yeah, well, uh, I think the introduction of uh, Joe and, and Jason Ryan, and I think there has been uh, many good developments in the game, not uh, not just uh, one area. Um, if, I, if I had to highlight one, I would say the Rook, I think, is, uh, is, has been excellent. Uh, they do appear to be a very complete team. Um, I think there's been... Uh, development in their kicking game, uh, the way they put you under pressure, uh, not only with their passing game, but their ability to also uh, use the ball off their foot. So um, I would say probably those two areas would be would be key. 
And being an Irishman, he was asked by a South African journalist if his view has changed on Springbok rugby now that he's in the inner sanctum. Yeah, there, there are certain parts that definitely have changed my view. Uh, I think I think probably before, and I think it's probably shared by uh, maybe people that would have had a similar uh, rugby upbringing in terms of the where, where and how and when we played. Um, I think sometimes the uh, I, I think I think collision winning is actually a skill, and I think sometimes that can be considered as mm, okay. It's just people uh, you know hitting things, and I think actually there's a huge amount that goes into winning a collision, uh, and I think that's something that uh, I, I use this analogy when I had when I had my uh, boys in in South Africa. They're they're playing rugby, and and they're from a young age learning how to tackle hit shields and sausage bags. Uh, but they have them now also obviously playing rugby back in Ireland and, and there's a lot of there's still a lot of you know big focus on skill development and identification of space so I think uh, obviously you do also do that in South Africa and obviously in Ireland and Northern Hemisphere you also still hit hit shields and stuff but I think um, even from a young age there people start gathering skill sets uh, early and it becomes focused on one thing and I think I think you have to consider it as a skill. This is Springboks assistant coach Felix Jones. Our last comment we'll get for him. He was asked to talk to uh, Faf de Klerk's influence on the team. Yeah, in general, Faf is uh, he's just uh, he's a great team man. Um, like you said, he's an energy giver. He radiates energy. Um, never negative. Always positive. Uh, finds solutions. He doesn't see the. Uh, problems in situations. He's he's constantly trying to see the opportunity in situations, uh, whether that's attack, defence, kicking, um, and he minds people around him. He minds the guys left and right, and he's reminding them about uh, plays. He's reminding people about their role in the defence. He's reminding people about their extras after training. He he's um, he's just an incredible uh, player and person. Twelve to one every weekday during Rugby World Cup 2023. This is the Rugby World Cup Headline Hour on Afternoons with Staffy. Of course, this Rugby World Cup final will be the last involvement for a number in the All Black family. One of them, Aaron Smith. Uh, Jason Ryan, assistant coach, was asked, "What legacy will Aaron Smith leave?" Oh yeah, pretty pretty special one. He's um, you know, he's been you know right up there the best halfback in the world for a long time. He's a phenomenal man. Um, always had so much respect for for Nug and the way he played the game when I was involved with Super Rugby and just his energy and um, the way he challenges and barks at his four pack is good. Keeps everyone honest and you know I think that he's you know been you know not only a great legacy but you know he's a great New Zealander to be fair. Looking at the game this weekend, uh, of course we all know the Springboks are known for their physicality. Jason Ryan was asked, "What else do they bring?" Yeah, well, I think I think that's the physicality. It's a big big challenge. Um, obviously, when you when you're looking at previewing test, test matches and, and, and rugby teams, especially as a forwards coach, you know, like they, as I said before, they they really pride themselves on their physicality and they're good at it. It's it's a big part of what they do. I think they've also brought some good variation and. Some of their lineouts they do, and their defence is um, right on. You know, they're pressuring teams, and they're good around the breakdown. And I think there's all parts of their game that they've just been um, chipping away at to set themselves up for um, this final. 
Skipper Sam Kane has had his critics, as we know. What is Jason Ryan's take on him as a player and as a leader? I think Sam has um, he, he's really grown as a captain. I think he's he's really um, I think he's really fronted in the last couple of weeks, in particularly um, on the field. You know, he has good conversations. He's got a phenomenal leadership group around him as well, which is which is an important part of it. You know, most of those guys are helping him out, but I think that you know he start he started to get his body right as well. You know, he's had a few a few niggles and a few injuries, but that's behind him, and you know he's got confidence in his shoulder, and he's um, you know his work around the ground and the collision area has been right on form. So I think that's a big part of him. You know, when he's you, you play well first, and then and then you're leading, if that makes sense. Makes sense to me. Jason Ryan, it's his first World Cup. He was asked about how's the pressure. The pressure's, you know, a privilege. I, I guess we, you know, for myself, it's just a massive opportunity to represent my country. You know, like all I can say from a personal level is just the messages. I guess the whole team and the All Blacks that have had from New Zealand and our country um, the last few days and this week has been unbelievable. The support that's coming in and you know the the people you know doing their shops in black and we feel it. And um, there's been a lot of messages, emails, voicemails. Um, it's just special that the country's behind us because it's the country's team. I like that line. It's the country's team. Uh, now, the history, the rivalry between the All Blacks and South Africa, does that play a part in your build-up? Definitely the history is a big part of it, isn't it? You know, like you sort of build that up probably more towards the end of the week. You feel that. we just got to make sure we get our game right first and foremost. And, you know, we, we believe we've got a clear plan around that. And then as we get closer to the game, the old mental you know, side of the the week kicks in and, you know, you can, you know, we talked a little bit around the legacy last week, but there's no secret it's been a massive tradition. It's it's awesome, you know, you, we still, you, know, you love going to South Africa as, as being a part of the All Blacks and getting into some Biltong and some Brys. It's just a special place to tour and and they, they bring a special part of their game that, you know, I think makes it the uh, just a great rivalry and to be doing it in a World Cup final is just... You know, that, that's when you want to be playing. That's when you want to be coaching. It's all you want to do is set yourself up for a gold medal. So we're looking forward to that, and the history is going to be pretty special. And, of course, Jason Ryan's been involved. Uh, it's around the 12-month mark now, isn't it? He was asked what it's like or what it's been like coaching alongside Ian Foster. Oh, I think one of the great things about love, uh, the great things about Foz is just how much he loves the All Blacks. You know, it's all about the team, every decision he makes. And, um, you know, he's, you know, yeah, clearly he's been through a lot, but the All Blacks have been through a lot, to be honest. It's never about one person in the All Blacks, and that's, what, um, that's what's been um, impressive to me. Right, we'll take a quick break. We're going to hear from Dalton Papali'i very shortly. 12 to 1 every weekday during Rugby World Cup 2023. This is the Rugby World Cup Headline Hour on Afternoons with Staffy. Oh, look, a special little three or four minutes now for Ken and Zaid because we're going to hear from Dalton Papali'i. He was asked, what are the biggest differences Jason Ryan has brought to the Ford Pack? He's probably been one of the best Fords coaches um, that I've had and I've only had him for a short, short amount of time. I had him in under-20s, but, you know, seeing his growth from there to when he came into the All Blacks, he holds everyone accountable. Anyone, you could have 100 games or even one game and he'll still call you out and it sort of keeps you on your toes, which is a good thing. 
Um, it's pressure. Pressure will always, you know, hold you accountable, and he does that. He does that. And the good thing is that I'm pretty sure you're well aware of that. He's he's got good banter as well. So, you know, he he's a mate, but also he'll hold you accountable um, when uh, when you're on the job. So, he's been massive for uh, for the shift in the forwards. And you know, I think he he's he's pretty in a pretty good area at the moment. And of course, Dalton, he's still a he's still a young man, obviously with roots down in Papakura there. Building up to his first ever World Cup final, does it all seem just a little bit surreal? Oh, I think, you know, going throughout the week, um, day by day, you know, you sort of, like I said before, you're sticking to the process, so you're used to um, used to the plan and, um, and the week. So you're sort of not really thinking about it too much, but I think it will probably hit me when it probably comes to captain's run or... The, the morning of the game where you think this is it and it's going to be a lot of um, excitement levels in there but I think what the leaders have done real well in this team is you know being able to put a cap on it and think okay boys uh, realize that you're feeling this right now but enjoy it but when the, when the whistle blows we've got a job to do and um, I think it, it makes it more clear in the head you know where we talk about you know having fire in the belly and ice in the head so we don't want to think about it too much but I do have little moments throughout the day where I'm like yeah this is it. This is how good. <laughs> um, now, the Springboks, they have the bomb squad. Uh, Dalton, um, I guess he's the equivalent, but he was asked, have they come up with a name? We heard this on the news yesterday, but here's his full answer if they've got a oh, funny. name for their bench. <laughs> well, funny this, I'll tell you a quick story. Um, we're actually starting to watch, um, I've got a little group happening in the um, team room at our hotel, and we're watching Band of Brothers and uh, the 101st Airborne and the Easy Company. So I made a little joke, um, saying, you know, um, you know, they got the bomb squad, and so we can we could have the easy company, which we <laughs> want to go in and finish the job and do, be in the trenches. But um, yeah, talking about the the bomb squad, man, they've proven themselves, and they uh, man, they they can come on and change a game like that. So um, we we've we've just sort of uh, we sort of need to identify, you know, whoever's on the bench and that need to really be um, screwed on up top and you know give it hell. As we know, Brady Retallick and Sam Whitelock are prepping for their last test, amongst others. But Dalton was asked what he'd learned off those two in particular in his time in the team. I think um, both of them are two different people. Uh, one probably has a little bit more of a cool head, where the other one can give it, you know, give it hell. And that's 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 probably that's the balance they have between each other when they're when they're both playing together. That's that's what makes them so good. Is because they're both ends of the spectrum, but it would just works so well together. But probably what I've learned from them is, you know, they just they're who they are, you know. Um, that all the, the ego or how much you put them on a pedestal, when you still go out and you know have a beer with them and all that, it's still them. And it, you can you can you know have a little banter with them and stuff like that. And that's what sort of makes those sort of relationships special, because you're not you're not looking up to them like oh you know you're not nervous. They're making you feel welcomed. And those are two boys that have made me feel very welcomed when I did come into the team. And I remember I was the only one in the in that year for my first year coming in, so I was a bit daunting. But Whitelock and um, and Brody made it made it so much easier for their transition into you know being young and coming in and making me feel welcomed. So I, I do. I sound like a broken record, but I do. I have a lot to give for those leaders in the team, and those two men have been been awesome in my career. Speaks really well, doesn't he? Dalton Papali. I've got one more clip, which we've just run out of time for. I'll play it after the news, and then we'll link up with uh, Officer Tonu'u. Um, still that to come, that chat with him. Uh, get his take on 
the atmosphere because he's been been over there, just came back. He was at the quarters and the semi-final. So Junior Tanu'u after the news and Tony Johnson after two. Lots more to come.